Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and I'll tell you what, it's Q4, which means two things, really. One is that it should be a highly profitable quarter for your business, and two, that also means that we have to start looking ahead and thinking about what we're doing with our finances come the start of the new year, come the start of tax season, and that's why we are joined today by an incredible guest. Her name is Susan Bryant. She has so much to say within the realm of business finances, not just accounting, not just tax. I love that her company talks about not being your traditional CPA firm. So let me read you Susan's bio. Susan Bryant is a trailblazer, a force of positive change, and a renegade in the field of accounting. As a certified public accountant, certified tax planner, and seasoned business owner herself, she's worked with thousands of entrepreneurs in various capacities, excelling as an architect of cutting-edge accounting processes, which we all love, a holistic business advisor, and a strategic tax coach. If you are anything like former me when I was just starting out in my business and you run from finances, you hate thinking thinking about money and taxes and all of that, we're all going to learn so much. So I'm not going to say anything else. Let's dive straight into my interview today with Susan Bryant. All right, Susan, I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Brian. Heck yeah, there's so much. Honestly, I can't tease it enough to listeners how much I love about your business, Unboxed Advisors, but you fill in the gaps for listeners first. Give us your story. How did you end up doing this really different and awesome approach to finance? Yeah, so I've been in public accounting for a little over 20 years, and there's just been, it's a slow I think it's an evolution, maybe it's an epiphany at some point that it occurred to me, I'm just not doing enough to help my clients. Yeah, we did great tax work, great accounting work, but there was so much more that we just weren't asking about. There were questions that I never asked that I I, I just couldn't give them any answers or help them in the right ways. So I decided to press the reset button. And as an entrepreneur myself, I said, okay, it's time to start something all together that different that is uh, takes what I've learned in working with businesses from a traditional accounting standpoint and flip it on its head and say, hey, what can we be doing better and differently that can help our business owners move from their current undesirable state to a much better state, so this transformational type service that really bridges the gap between traditional accounting and being the really the chief future officer, right? So really moving in that direction. So us moving our services helps move our customers, those entrepreneurs towards their goals of, of really just being free. Yeah, I love that overview, especially because it speaks to the messaging behind your brand, Unboxed Advisors, which we're going to talk a lot about the different ways that you all operate within the world of finance and accounting. But I love it because on a surface level, Unboxed, you guys cannot be confined to the traditional box of, hey, we're a CPA firm, send us your finances, we'll do your taxes this year. You offer so much more than that. And Susan, I would argue that us entrepreneurs, we don't always think about these things. We don't think about these needs until we're forced to which obviously the tax deadline is when we're ultimately forced to. Talk to us about what finance means for us business owners, entrepreneurs throughout the course of the year, well before tax time. 
Yeah, so you're right. That this is one of those areas that gets pushed to the back burner. It's honestly, accounting is just not that sexy, right, to most people. I mean, we're in it to make money as business owners. I, I get it, but keeping track of it, uh, thinking about expenses, thinking about taxes, it just seems like a great burden as opposed to something that is a great tool. And that's really part of what I want to change and and how business owners really interact with their finances is to how to use this information to not look at it as a like a cost center or something that's really going to drag them down, but an area where the information can be used to reveal opportunities and changing the way that a business owner really interacts with their financials, you know, whether it's education, understanding how the, the information is collected and used, reading a financial statement, understanding how that relates to the taxes that are due, um, and then sort of getting more into that world of tax is the key. The bottom line is, is that right now, traditional accountants are so busy doing a bunch of tasks that they have no time to spend with the business owners and educating them, you know, walking this, this road with them, going down this journey of keeping the lines of communication, being their proactive advisor. It's just not possible when you've got thousands of tax returns to prepare. So that's why we really wanted to sort of abandon that model and say, if we're gonna be truly business advisors and consultants, to our our business owners, it's going to take more time. They need time. They need someone to do this with them, and in some cases, do stuff for them. But be proactive in the communication and 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 be their partner in this journey uh, on the financial side. And there's just not a lot of accountants who are walking that path with their with their clients. Yeah, Susan, it really does strike me the way that you lean on that term advisors, because when I was looking through the services that your agency offers, it really struck me that you genuinely view yourselves as a strategic advisory board. It's part of your services is that you'll host quarterly advisory meetings with your clients. I'm super curious because probably most entrepreneurs have never, you're right, you talk about the way that we all interact with our tax accountants. They've never sat down and had an advisory session. They just will answer tax questions and fill out a form together and and then that's it. See you again next year. Talk to us about some of these elements of advisory. What is it that we should pay attention to? You talk about paying attention to our financial statements. What are the strategic answers that we get from there? Because my real hope from today's session, Susan, is that not only do entrepreneurs start to open their eyes to this stuff, but most importantly, they view finances as something that's actionable. You said chief future officer. Most people probably don't think of it that way. So shed some light there for us. Yeah, accounting has a bad reputation, honestly, for being like, oh, it's just the past. So we're just keeping track of things that have happened, you know, historically. But that information is really key to understanding what's going to happen in the future. And if we get even better as business owners of saying, well, what if I did A? What if I did B? What if I did C? And understanding how that could impact the financial future. That's when things start to get really exciting, right? So it's it's thinking about all these different elements that contribute to the components of your finances, whether that's I'm going to take out a loan. I'm going to hire another person. I'm going to cut expenses. I'm going to change up my product line. I'm going to switch up to subscription services. There's so many different things to think about. Pricing. The list could go on and on and on. One of the key components to all this is that the business owners often sort of just 
kind of winging it. You know, everything's kind of trial and error. It does not have to be that way. There are ways to model this out in terms of a financial perspective and saying, which is my best option here? And, and that's where that future becomes a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting and a lot more calculated. So you're not having to take as many risks. You're really leveraging the accounting data to predict the future. That's where accountants have gotten it all wrong. We've been so focused on the past from a traditional standpoint, like we got to get all these things done. We haven't really helped the business owner to say, hey, let's use that information to begin to, to create an outlook and a roadmap to achieving the goals that we want to. And that's a lot different than, than how most accountants have interacted in the past. Business owners need and want that from their accountant. They, they, they're, I, I talk to people all the time who are like, I didn't even know people thought this way who are accountants. Like, where have you, this is thing, something I've always wanted. I just didn't know who to ask or where to go get it. And, and it, it is the future of, of what business is going to be like in terms of accounting and what business owners want from accountants. Yeah, Susan, I'm going to make a public confession here on the air today because I'm sure I'm not alone in this line of thinking. But when you talk about entrepreneurs, we wing it so frequently when it comes to finances. And then you talk about having a roadmap for our finances. I'll give you my roadmap in the way that I used to do things, Susan. I used to believe, particularly early on in my agency life back in, gosh, 2012 now, over a decade ago. But my roadmap was... Let's just make more money. The more we increase revenue, the rest fixes itself. And I thought that that was the key. Little did I know that it has implications come tax time. There are other things we can do even before tax time. And I, I really want to stress that because most people don't think about what we can do before tax time. We just pretend that taxes are a thing that happened to us. But on top of that, I've heard you mention already a few times in today's session about expenses. And I was just like, you can revenue away all of your expenses. Talk to us about the revenue considerations, how that factors into to taxes, expenses, how all of these things are intertwined. And, and we can be smarter than just saying, yeah, let's just focus on making more revenue. Yeah, uh, there's a saying and it's revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. I, I've met countless business owners, right? They're so excited to say, oh, I have a $10 million company, but they don't make any money. And that's crazy because then I'll meet somebody who's got a $2 million company and they're making a million bucks. You know, it's really about the bottom line at the end of the day. So refocusing someone to be thinking that way, sometimes not all revenue is good revenue. We, we have to be more thoughtful and intentional about what it is that we're building and creating in our businesses. Because if you don't, then you're literally just working for nothing. So that's sort of like consideration number one is, is getting a strategy around everything, around revenue, around spending, and then like you alluded to, around taxes. So many people think that tax is something like, it is what it is. Well, I guess that's what I have to live with. And that is far from the truth. Um, people have not leveraged their accountants for something called tax planning. And that's something that ha has to happen before a year end. 1231 is because we're cash based as taxpayers. And most, most people have businesses that are aligned with that calendar year end. The decisions you have to make in your business have to happen before year end too. But the tax code is 70,000 plus pages. There's a litany of opportunities for business owners to take advantage of the tax code to work in their favor. And that's why it was written in a lot of cases was to offer opportunity to those business owners taking risk. And so the reward is this tax savings. So you have to be thoughtful and you have to have a strategy around what is going to be reported on your tax return. 
you you can influence so much of that and the roi for tax savings is massive because that's a those things that that you can save in terms of tax dollars those are new employees those are investments in equipment those become uh changes in uh, the investments you'll make in intellectual property or developing a new product or service or marketing or advertising i mean the list goes on and on the money when reinvested into your business instead of being paid for taxes I, you will get a return uh, you send it to the government and it's it's there's there don't you don't get a thank you no you don't get a <laughs> there is no there's really no big roi for business owners in paying more tax than they have to yeah, listeners, I know that what Susan just said is really going to perk your ears up. We're going to come back to some things that you can do before tax time. Susan said it, 1231. That's why we're airing this episode when we are here in the heart of Q4, because we want you to take action now rather than later. But before we dive more into those tax things, Susan, you said something that for sure took me a while to understand as an entrepreneur. And a big theme of our content this year is entrepreneurial maturity. And you've been in business for a long time so I know that you can really shed some light here you said the words not all revenue is good revenue it took me a long time to understand that I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit yeah so the concept is is that when you're thinking about selling something whether it's a service or a product it really is about evaluating how that is going to increase either value to your customer or value to your enterprise so it's going to happen one of two ways. So there, I mean, we all know the products that are like loss leaders for companies, but they get paired with something else that is value enhancing to the business. So we have to go in with this mindset of evaluating what the return on this is going to be and who does it benefit and how does that translate into some type of long-term value proposition, ultimately for the customer and for, and for the enterprise itself. And in the short term, is it going to damage our ability to generate enough cash to pay our bills, right? It's it's managing and measuring both of those things to really understand them. A lot of times business owners get hung up on making a sale. I mean, it's the shiny object, it's the new customer, it's so exciting. I mean, I get it, it's the, it's the thrill of the kill, right? I just landed a huge customer, this is more revenue for me, it's so exciting. But they fail to really go through the process of, of asking themselves this, is this customer fit in with my avatar? Is this gonna add value to my book of business? How does this translate in terms of long-term value, You know, customer lifetime value? What is the cash flow gonna be from this? It's all those other questions that typically they're not thinking about. They're just on the high of, of uh, having sold something. And um, it's really just time to slow that process down. Especially the bigger these contracts get, the bigger the customers get, the more important it is to slow down and make sure you're making the right decisions for your business and ex- accepting the business that you really want versus what you think you need. Yeah, I love that because it speaks to the very essence of strategy, being strategic, being intentional rather than us just saying, ooh, money here, say yes. Ooh, money here, say yes. It's something that, Susan, you and I have both been entrepreneurs for quite some time now, and we've learned along the way that the advice everyone gives us in year one of just say yes to everything can hurt you sometimes. It's not always the best piece of advice. So I want to come back to what you talked about as far as tax strategies go, because it's going to perk a lot of ears up saying, wait, what can I do now to 
save me come tax season. I'd love to hear some of those. And obviously everyone's situation is different. I'll make that disclaimer for you, Susan. And listeners, that's why we reach out to experts like Susan, because this is what they do for a living. There's no way any of us can understand 70,000 pages of tax code. But with that disclaimer and all of that said, Susan, I'd love to hear some of your insights there and maybe some examples. Listeners always love those tangible examples that you've seen in different industries. Absolutely. Well, the strategies are they're vast and many. Uh, one big thing that business owners need to be aware of currently um, is maximizing, really optimizing the qualified business income deduction. That's a free 20% deduction that was created under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act back in 2018. It's slated to sunset at the end of 2025. I'm consistently surprised by the number of business owners who are either overpaying themselves in terms of the payroll, so they're decreasing the available 20% deduction that they can get, um, or they're not paying themselves enough, so they miss it. So you gotta evaluate that because it's free. Um, Of course, thinking about expenses, whether that's uh, accelerated depreciation, bonus depreciation, which is 80% this year, um, accelerating expenses. Although I will say this about antibit deductions, like you don't spend money just to save taxes. It's crazy to spend a dollar of cash to save 25 cents on the dollar. I mean, that's, it's not a good, that's not a good strategy, but it is a good strategy if it can do two things in your business. Right, so it saves you taxes, and it offers some type of ROI in uh, generating revenue in the future. That's a good spend. So I would definitely think about expenses that way. I've seen way too many business owners like deplete all of their cash, thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to have any taxes due," and then they're hurting in the first quarter for cash, and nobody needs that kind of stress. Um, another big strategy is maxing out retirement contributions. One of the biggest mistakes I see is people, business owners, they. They, they invest everything in their business and they don't build a source of wealth outside of the business. They kind of got all their eggs in one basket. So that sort of speaks to two different things. And that is you got to diversify your investments at the same time as you can save taxes in the process. And some, um, not all retirement strategies are created equal either. Uh, there are some that are more expensive and others that are way more efficient from a tax perspective. So you got to talk to the right people there. Then you start getting into even more complex things like uh, entity structuring, you know, uh, whether you're S Corp or C Corp partnership, uh, single member LLC. I mean, literally, Brian, I could probably do like three hours of talk just on tax planning. The bottom line is you got to work with somebody before year end in order to understand, are you taking advantage of everything that you could be? But that's just a few, but I can do some examples too if you want. Yeah, no, I love that. Actually, where I really want to go from here because it's fun. Normally, we we have a lot of financial-based content during tax season. During Q1, we love bringing financial guests on. Susan, that's why it's such a joy for us to have you here during Q4 because it almost feels like this is more useful because we can do something about it. And so with that in mind, a lot of listeners will probably be thinking, gosh, Susan, we've heard people talk on YouTube videos and blog posts online where we've heard people talk about sole proprietorships, LLCs, all these other fancy terms and and setups. Is it too late? Do we have until the end of the year to get the right setup? So if someone's there sitting there saying, well, I'm a sole proprietor, would I really benefit from becoming an LLC? Which by the way, listeners, LLCs are not expensive to form. It's, It's very easy actually as well. Not only is it not expensive, it's very quick and easy. Susan, is now the time? What sort of considerations are there with regards to business structure? Because it's been a long time since we've talked about it. And like I said, now's the time. It's actionable. 
Absolutely. There is still time. I see in so many instances, uh, people don't, they don't understand the timing of when entities can be formed and used, but absolutely, you've got plenty of time before the end of the year to adjust uh, and even create new entities that could enhance the tax efficiency of your operations. Because you got to remember one of the things that you're thinking about is you don't have to play in just one sandbox. There are ways to play in multiple sandboxes and take advantage of the different rules that apply to different entities. C corps are a lot different than S corps, than partnerships, than you know things that are you know entities that are reported on your Schedule C. All have different treatments. Uh, there's rules that can be different for them and opportunities that exist. So it's really about working with uh, an accountant, an advisor who can help you to understand how to create that more diversified tax strategy by leveraging the rules around those entities. And definitely spend some time on that. Have a conversation with your with your accountant. Yeah, I definitely like that advice, again, because I just think the time of the year, this is a really special episode for us because it is so actionable, and everyone should take action on this because this is the one rare topic. I always like to lean on that Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is right now. Well, that's not always true in accounting because once December 31st hits, your options become a little bit more limited. So now's the time. Susan, I love the fact that you're putting putting some fire under our butts here and, and encouraging us to take action. I want to go back to something that you said that I don't think we talk about enough in the world of entrepreneurship, which is you said the word, we don't use it often as entrepreneurs, you said wealth. And I feel like in a world where we're so obsessed with all the day-to-day stuff, we're obsessed with driving up revenues, we're obsessed with decreasing our expenses, we're obsessed with all of this, we do often forget about wealth. And that's why I love that you don't just take a short-term view that a CPA might as far as our taxes, but you take that longer-term view. When it comes to wealth as an entrepreneur, and you're a fellow entrepreneur, what do you look at? You mentioned some tax-deferred retirement accounts, for example, what else can and should we be doing since we may or may not have those 401ks that we all enjoyed with our golden handcuffs in corporate life? Right. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, business owners, they they really do focus on building this one asset that they have, which is their main operating entity. And they really, they put everything into it, but they start to neglect these other areas of their life. And so what happens is that maybe they don't have an estate plan. They certainly haven't, don't have retirement. They don't have a savings plan outside of the business. All the cash is consumed in the business. All the expenses are running through the business. I mean, it it becomes almost as if, and this becomes very dangerous even from a legal perspective, although I'm not an attorney, is this everything is too integrated and we really need to be thinking about the business separate from our individual selves. And we want to, at the end of the day, not build a wealthy business. We want to be be building a wealthy business owner. So we have to be having, we have to be really starting with that mindset. How does this business help to generate my individual wealth and help me to accomplish those goals? That is just a strategy that most accountants don't, they don't really contemplate but it's not only the creation of that wealth, it's also the protection of that wealth. So many times I find that um, business owners have neglected uh, insurance. They do not have the right coverage. They don't have an umbrella policy. Uh, the last time they met their insurance agent was you know, a decade ago whenever they started their business and so many things have changed. You know, We don't have the right drivers on auto policies. We've created new entities that are unnamed in policies. The list goes on and on. So it's not only building the wealth, but also properly protecting it. 
and working with an advisor who gets the, this holistic approach is what's necessary, not only to build it, but to preserve and protect it. Yeah, Susan, I think it's so important the distinction that you make between a business's wealth and a business's assets versus us also becoming wealthy business owners. It's something that, again, I point towards entrepreneurial maturity here because it is something that we figure out along the way. And we're really lucky that experts like you can accelerate those lessons for us because you have a much better vantage point than we do in the day to day. But for me personally, it was really the profit first methodology that changed the game for me. That's where I really started thinking more like a business owner than someone who is in the day-to-day and and, in the the weeds of my business. Talk to us about, because listeners may or may not know Profit First. That's just something that's resonated with me. But talk to us about whether it's Profit First or some other frameworks or methodologies or strategies that you really like and that you've seen work well across all different business types and sizes. Yeah, I think Profit First is a great methodology. Um, I've read that book. It's been a number of years. And there are a, there are a number of accountants um, who actually specialize in, in that methodology and, and helping business owners to think about it. The, the main concept here, however, is sort of understanding really at the bottom line, like what your obligations are in terms of cash. Like who do you have to pay and how do you have to pay people? Like expenses, yourself, taxes, and it's truly understanding your business more. I know as we kind of alluded to in the beginning, like accounting is usually a, like an afterthought for most people. I mean, I'm working with a business owner right now who their books are a mess. We have to clean them up. And I can guarantee you there's absolutely no thought being given to spending or how much should I pay myself or how much can I pay myself or what else could I be doing in order to save money or invest in my business? Because there's no accounting records in order to guide them. So the bottom line is first, you gotta have solid accounting records. Second, you have to have a real good hold on an understanding as to cash usage generation um, in your business. And then ultimately, personally, how are you consuming cash? Because you can't consume all the cash and expect to save taxes and meet all your goals. Yeah, it almost sounds like so many of your answers. It it really, you're exemplifying so much of your approach with Unbox Advisors because so many of your answers are forward-looking, future-looking. And Susan, I will say that's a bit unusual when it comes to accounting and finances because you're right. We always look backwards. We always look at, okay, how much did I make last year? How much do I owe in taxes based on that? How do you make these? And obviously for you, a lot of it is you've been in the game. You understand business strategy, not just accounting strategy, but you have a real big grasp on all of these things. What are those things that you look at to consider? Because so much of what you're talking about today is, is planning. How much can I pay myself? How much should I pay myself? What are those forward-looking metrics that you're anticipating and looking for when it comes to being as organized as you are financially? Yeah, a lot of it begins with really just a strategic plan, business plan. I recommend that business owners sit down. This is a perfect time to do it, kind of line up business planning and tax planning together. But it's really sitting down saying, what do I, what can I do next year? Where are my opportunities? What, uh, what can I be creating for my customer base in terms of value that they're going to pay more money for that will ultimately drive my cash and my profits? You know, so it's really doing this critical thinking and planning. That's another reason why an advisory board really becomes critical because you're meeting with people who've been there, done that. They can offer from their well of experience, a lot of suggestions and how to more effectively 
develop and execute those strategies. So it begins with planning and really understanding what opportunities are and ultimately how that aligns with your personal values, your mission, because we want whatever we work on to have meaning and purpose. So the, all of that has to be lined up. And the, the only way to do that really is to think about it, write it down, and then create a list of actionable items and steps and initiatives you're going to execute on in the year, the coming year, in order to accomplish those goals. Ultimately, if you start with just that, you will see financial benefits from it. No doubt. Mo- yes. Most people don't do that. Honestly, yeah, I'm so excited about that answer that you just shared with us because I think it forces us to have a level of intention and a level of strategic approach to our business. So it's really the the antidote to, as you said earlier, just winging it. And as far as antidotes go, Susan, I can't let you go here today without asking you this question. This is totally unprepped and unprompted. I didn't even know that I was going to ask you this here today, but I almost want to ask you because listeners hear how helpful you are and they hear how strategic you are and and how much experience you have in this game. I want to ask you, it's the first time I've ever asked a guest something like this, but that is what should we be looking for? Because I love that one of your shared arch nemesis that, that we all have as consumers is just the traditional, hey, I'm a tax firm, I'm a tax CPA, this is what I do, and and there's no strategic planning, there's no intentionality behind the work that we do together, there's no no consideration of your business strategy forward-looking, this is what it is. And that's part of what Unbox Advisors, that's what you're all about not being, which is why I love that we have that shared arch nemesis. Talk to us about the things that we should be looking for as business owners, as entrepreneurs, when it comes time to looking for someone who can help us out with all of this stuff. Yeah, so my first thought is, is that you wanna work with an accountant who's a great business owner. If you're working with an accountant who's got a lousy practice, inefficient operations, poor communication, they're not a very good business owner. How are they gonna help you build a better business? I mean, that's the question I would ask first. Then I would start asking myself questions about what have they done for other clients? Give me some examples, some case studies. What amazing tax plans have you created? How have you helped business owners to optimize profits, to grow their enterprise value? We're going to hone in on a different set of questions. It's not how many tax returns have you done? You know, you know, what kind of experience do you have in using QuickBooks? Those are all, that should just be basic blocking and tackling for any accountants. The questions have to change if you want to move your business from point A to point B. You got to be working with someone who thinks differently. So that means you to be asking different questions. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Susan, I'm going to sing your praises continuously here today during this episode because I do think that this is a level, I'm going to say these two words again because they're so important, strategy and intention that is hopefully going to force a lot of people to look at their own business differently, not only today, but for sure moving forward. I think it's that forward-looking outlook on our finances that helps us better manage these things and better set our business up for success as well as our personal selves up for success is the important takeaway. So, on that note, Susan, I want to give you the hard part. Actually, before I ask you our closing question about your one most actionable piece of advice for people, you did mention QuickBooks. And part of me is just like, I bet you know some really cool tools that help entrepreneurs and our listeners always love tools. What sort of tools are out there to help people, whether it comes to their financial statements and managing their bookkeeping on a week to week, month to month basis or personal finance? I'm super curious to hear your perspective on the best tools out there that we should all at least check out or be using. 
Yeah, uh, there are so many. It, it might be one of the most exciting times from a technology standpoint to be an accountant. So anything from like uh, cash fraud, uh, there's a company called Docket, which automates your accounting, all of the bank and credit card updates and reconciliations, um, AP automation, things like Quadient. Um, even Docket has something like that. Glean.ai, AP automation. Oh my goodness. Uh, so much opportunity in that area. If you are still manually inputting bills, like you do not have to do that anymore. It can 100% be automated. It's incredible. Um, Bill.com has something similar. Divi for credit cards. If you have a, an operation that has lots of different credit cards that have to be managed for your for your employees and lots of expense reimbursements, this can simplify so much of that from receipt collection to syncing into QuickBooks. Um, and then on the back end, in terms of reporting, Fathom HQ, uh, reach reporting, data rails, uh, when you start getting more into like the FP&A world, they're the tools and, and they're continuing to build more. If you just Google, uh, you'll find so many. Um, I think the choices right now are, are are so vast and so varied, it's really understanding which one's the best one for me. Um, and that's another thing an accountant really should be advising their clients on. Like, hey, what else can I be doing from a technology standpoint to speed up my operations, make things more efficient so I don't have to pay people to do something that a computer can do? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I snuck that question in there. Susan, you listed so many tools that I've never heard of that I'm so excited to check out, but you're right. Again, I come back to, this is why an expert offers us things that we would never know ourselves. And then on top of that, knowing these tools is one thing, knowing how to implement it into our processes. That's why I love how much your business focuses on process-oriented financial health for our businesses. Susan, I love those insights and so appreciate that list that you just shared with us. A lot of homework for all of us to do, which leads me to my last question, which is with all of these different topics that we talked about here today, so many from taxes to revenues, to expenses, to tools, to workflows, to everything in between. Wealth is, is one of my favorite things that we talked about here today. What's your best advice? What's the one action that you hope every listener, whether they're a entrepreneur or a seasoned entrepreneur, what do you hope that everyone takes action on from here today? Hmm. Oh, man, that is a really tough question because everything is so important. I will say this, work on tax planning. That's your biggest ROI. It's the fastest way to uh, get more cash working for you in your business. So go talk to your accountant. If your accountant doesn't know anything about tax planning or has the deer in the headlights, <laughs> you know, look when you ask him, can you help me with tax planning? Find a different accountant. Um, and now is the time to do it before year end. So if you can save 10, 15, 100, $200,000 worth of taxes, that can be a real game changer for, for next year in growing your business. So start there. Yes, good advice. And I love how you called it out as the highest ROI activity that we can do because all of us do taxes. Not everybody does tax planning. I'm going to call out that word because it's so important. Susan, you've been a wealth of knowledge. I know that listeners are going to be very eager to check out your business, all the awesome work that you're up to with Unbox Advisors. So drop those links on us. Where should listeners go from here? Yeah, check us out on the web, unboxedadvisors.com. And I'm real active on LinkedIn too. So check out my profile there, Susan Bryant CPA. I'd love to connect with with people on that way and, and you know keep the conversation going and, and be a resource ongoing. 
Yes, listeners, you all know the drill. Check the show notes wherever it is that you're tuning in to today's episode. You'll find a link to Susan's website, unboxedadvisors.com, as well as her personal LinkedIn. It's actually how we came across her work. She's so generous. You heard her here in this episode, but also so generous and active on LinkedIn, sharing all her thoughts about important milestones, dates on the calendar that we need to pay attention to, all of those good things. So check the show notes to find those links. Otherwise, Susan, thank you so much for joining us here today on The Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks, Brian. Hey, it's Brian here, and thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. If you haven't checked us out online, there's so much good stuff there. Check out the show's website and all the show notes that we talked about in today's episode at thewantrepreneurshow.com. And I just want to give a shout out to our amazing guests. There's a reason why we are ad-free and have produced so many incredible episodes five days a week for you. And it's because our guests step up to the plate. These are not sponsored episodes. These are not infomercials. Our guests help us cover the costs of our productions. They so deeply believe in the power of getting their message out in front of you, awesome entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that they contribute to help us make these productions possible. So thank you to not only today's guests, but all of our guests in general. And I just want to invite you check out our website because you can send us a voicemail there. We also have live chat. If you want to interact directly with me, go to thewantrepreneurshow.com, initiate a live chat. It's for real me. And I'm excited because I'll see you as always every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here on the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast.